Well, good evening. I'm going to try this again. I was, I've been so insistent this week that we all stick to the countdown clock. But when I saw the countdown get to zero, I was like, well, it's my turn. And then Miss Bobby Sue started. It was her turn. Um, and that was beautiful, Miss Bobby Sue. Um, yes. Um, tonight, it's going to be something a little bit different from, um, from what we typically would do on a Sunday night. Uh, the Bible tells us, asks us rhetorically, if a man wants to build a tower, would he not count the cost first, right? You have to consider, think through all of the pieces. How do, how do we uh, go about putting together a ministry plan for a church of our size? And so this year, uh, the ministers, we all met back in August, and we talked about at our uh, annual retreat about some um, uh, ways to uh, kind of do ministry strategically in, inside each of our ministries. And that's what we were presenting tonight is the minister's strategic plans for what's going on in adult ministry and preschool and children and uh, students and uh, 55 plus and young adults and recreation and um, worship ministry. Because we want to uh, think and pray together about uh, how to exalt Christ, make disciples, and pass the torch. Um, if you're a guest of ours tonight, we're glad that you've joined us. This Tonight is going to be a little bit of um, family business. And uh, we'll sing together, and uh, there will be uh, scripture woven in and through the minister's plans. But tonight, if, if this is your first time with us or first time in a long time, uh, try us again next week for the Dick Tunney concert as well, okay? That's going to be a fantastic concert, by the way. We'll have an hour of uh, worship together, um, and uh, I have worked with Dick and Mel Tunney before, and they put on a fantastic uh, concert. It is, it is honoring to the Lord. Be here next Sunday night at 630 for that. Um, but if you're a guest, if you would... Uh, somewhere in the building or at the entrances there's uh, or at the usher stand there's a uh, bulletin if you would grab one of those fill out the connection card that's on the inside tear it off and drop it in one of the offering plates uh, so that we'll have a record of your visit with us because we want to connect with you you can also text the word connect to 270-398-5005 uh, so we can uh, fill out you can fill out the connection card there our ministers tonight uh, are going to be presenting the they're going to do it in, in five-minute segments, okay? So we'll go as, as quickly as we can. Um, if we're still here at 8 o'clock, you can get up and leave. It'll be okay. <laughs> I, it won't take that long. Um, one thing I'd like for us to pray about as we are opening our service, um, some of our, several of our church staff families uh, have been under various kinds of spiritual attack in the last uh, couple months. Um, in fact, that's happened with uh, our church leadership in um, several contexts. The enemy does not want to see the gospel advance because of the work uh, that's going on at Lone Oak. Would you join us in praying um, that, that the Lord would uh, protect us that the Lord would work in our hearts, that he would work in the hearts of all the people who gather to worship. That the Lord would be honored and glorified 
through all of the ministry here, that the enemy would have no power over our minds, over our hearts, over our families, over our health, over anything uh, that relates to this church because it belongs to the Lord. It is his and it is ours together as a church family. Let's pray as we open our worship. God, tonight we ask that you would be present with us in this place as we sing praises to your name, as we seek uh, wisdom that could only come from you. As we hear from the guys about um, how we are going to uh, proceed into the new year, as we exalt Christ, make disciples, and pass the torch together. We pray that through all of it, we would be dependent on you, on the truth of your word, that we would stand on it and not waver, that we would teach it and not flinch or fall away from it, that we would honor you in every way, and that you would receive glory from the Lone Oak First Baptist Church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, let's stand and let's worship together.
people said. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask Kenny to come and join me, and we're going to go first with the uh, worship presentation. We've given eight minutes here since there's two of us, so I'm going to speak fast, and um, I'm going to start, and Kenny's going to jump in here in just a moment. First of all, before you can get to our vision, one of our biggest needs right now in the worship ministry is a paid ministry assistant, a music secretary. We are without. So if you know anyone or if you have any, don't have to have a music degree, but have to have some musical knowledge and skills, we would love to talk to you or to anyone who's interested in that position. All right, our goals, and by the way, we can't give you uh, in just a few minutes all of our goals. We've been told to just pick up one or two key things. So this is some key things we uh, want to talk about where we're going. And our, our goals for worship ministry, uh, first of all, to create and communicate vision and purpose for worship ministry and our volunteers. And we want to, as part of that, invest in our volunteers musically and spiritually. You know, our church vision is to exalt Christ, make disciples, and to pass the torch. And those are based on the great commandment and the great commission. Scripture commands us to worship God, to worship and exalt Christ all through Scripture. Psalm 34, 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And in G Jesus in Mark 12, 32 said, The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. So, when we talk about vision for worship, that's really the best place to go is the Bible. And the vision for worship is far greater than anything we can say. But we need to put that in words that will help us to communicate that scripture and that biblical vision for worship. I've told several groups in the music ministry that we've worked with, I listened to a podcast uh, several months ago now, uh, where it was a leadership podcast, and the CEO of UPS was interviewed, and she became the CEO of UPS in, I think, June of 2020, just a couple months into the pandemic. And the first thing she did was have their teams rewrite their vision statement, not so it could go up on the wall or be something on their stationery, but to help people understand why do we do what we do and to be more motivated to do what they do, and their worker satisfaction and productivity went up when they uh, wrote a new vision statement. Their statement for UPS was moving the world forward by delivering what matters. And I love how succinct that is and how it just says. And so I said, I want our worship ministry to come up with a statement. And we haven't gotten there yet, but we've asked our choirs, we've asked our 1030 teams and several people to help us. And we'll be working on that through the year to come up with a vision statement that will motivate and inspire our members. Second part of uh, where we're going in our goals is to connect all generations in worship. We are so blessed here with the staff we have, uh, 
the pastoral staff, but also the worship staff, and then the members, and that we do offer music and worship for every age group, but we want our worship to reflect all the ages, all the backgrounds, all the different socioeconomic and so forth. That's one of the beautiful things about worship. So we want our children and students especially to be involved in worship. They're not just the future of the church, they are also the present of the church. We do offer, as you know, choirs from preschool all the way through senior adult. It's because we're one body, we're one body of Christ, and we want the whole body to worship. And finally, we want to inspire members to fix their eyes on Christ and to exalt him. What we do is so much more than music. Worship is much greater than just singing or playing, but we want to worship and exalt Christ. We want to know him and make him known. We want to serve out of the overflow, so we've got to invest in our, our volunteers and team members in order to help them uh, to grow and be able to share more in worship. We want to shepherd our people. I remember when I was hired, and I think the same thing when Kenny went through the process, uh, the committee said, we're not just looking for a minister of music, we're looking for a minister who will minister to the people. And so that's part of our vision. Kenny, go ahead and go on to the next part of the strategy of how we're going to get there to our goals. Sure. So um, it's one thing to talk about, you know, what do we want to do? The next thing is to say, well, how do we actually get there? And I think we've seen uh, lots of great work already uh, within the past year or so in our student ministry and in our children's ministry with how worship is taking place there and just all around in the worship ministry. But those are two areas that I really get to see a lot um, of fruit from just to see how the Lord is working in those areas. So specifically, um, you know, our children on Wednesday nights, now we have a worship component, um, a 10, 15 minute worship component where we have 80 kids all together and every single one of them are engaged in worship. When I look around the room, there's not a single one who is just sitting in their chair. They might be sitting in their chair for a moment, but they get up because they're so, there's something in the room that is bringing them and drawing them in to be engaged in worship. And then our uh, student worship team, I'm just blown away by how God is growing um, our student worship team. Students that are not just participating in worship, but actually leading their peers in worship and learning um, that what we're doing is more than just music. It's, um, it's worshiping the Lord all throughout the week so that you can come together and then lead your peers in worship. So um, <clears throat> those are kind of the individual ways, but then we see how multi-generational worship happens here. We just had our Christmas musical just a few weeks ago, and we had all ages up here on the stage. Um, was it kindergarten? Mm -hmm. Yeah, kindergarten all the way through however... 70, I don't know, 70 years old, something like that. 83. Um, 83, yes. So, <clears throat> but we had all ages leading the church in worship. And um, this, this is what our, our goal and our mission is, not just, because it's a, um, not just because it's cute, but because it's what the Lord desires, that all people would, would worship Him and glorify Him. Um, so we've seen that happen in our musical, and I want to draw your attention back to a memory from last Easter. Um, if you remember um, what happened on, on Easter Sunday, we had um, four people come up on stage and share their testimonies through, it was an audio recording, but we had the, the music going with it. Um, and it was uh, a child, a student, and then two adults. And if you were here, I, I think you, you'll remember that the Spirit moved in a mighty way. And that's not something that we can ever calculate or plan or any of those things. The Lord worked through all of our plans. 
But the Lord is using all ages and, and all generations to see worship happen in this church. So um, I spent a lot of time there. So I'm going to turn it back over to you, Mark. Great job. Yeah, uh, boy, it gives me goosebumps to think back to that moment and other moments in worship that there's nothing we can do. We can't strategize or plan and say we're going to make uh, these movements of God happen. But if we work and do our part, then he can, can move in that. Uh, finally, how we're going to get there, um, how we'll know when our goals are accomplished, when our, our volunteers can articulate the vision. We didn't talk a lot about how we're going to do that, but in our choir rehearsals, in our 1030 team rehearsals, and even special events, we just did a refuel event for 1030 teams where we spend some time pouring into our volunteers and helping them to see the why we do what we do. But if we want really everyone to catch that vision, everyone who sings, plays, everyone who runs the media, such a key part of our worship, we want them all to cast that vision or catch that vision and be able to cast it to others too. In our multi-gen worship, we, uh, again, just the examples that Kenny gave, whenever we see all ages on the stage and we see God bless that, uh, and then our goal, ultimate goal is to fix our eyes on Jesus and exalt him and that's something that's a little harder to measure, but you know. Uh, you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. When we feel the spirit move in our services, then uh, we know that, that worship has happened and uh, it's such a blessing. Again, back to the Christmas musical, we had more comments this year than I think I ever have and the biggest attendance we've ever had. We had 1,455 people see the Christmas musical. Uh, I don't say that it's by far from anything I did. In fact, everything behind the scenes is a team, and we have a wonderful team that plans that and works hard, but the Lord bless that, and that's what we want to continue to see is, is people coming to worship and then engaging in worship, exalting Christ. We'll pass it off to the next. Great. We'll start out by telling you a, a story. We're going to call um, um, this man Bob. But Bob, um, uh, he was lost, and he was in the 70s. And uh, he was looking for a church to, to be a part of, um, people to love and people to su support him. Now, Bob knew parts of the Bible, and he could even quote some passages but he'd never really put all the pieces together. No one had ever entered his life to direct him to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't until he came here to Lone Oak First Baptist Church that he heard the plan of salvation and he realized he was lost. And Bob came to know Christ for the very first time in the 70s. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you another story about um, a student a high school student. Let's call him Kevin. His parents are unchurched. And Kevin, he actually gets his driver's license and he decides to start to come to church himself. And then one Sunday, he invites his lost buddy uh, to come to church and they both come to church together. His buddy hears the plan of salvation right here in the sanctuary. He realizes he's lost he puts his faith in Christ for the very first time. Praise the Lord. We find out um, when we look at 
statistics from the North American Mission Board that people like Bob and Kevin are all around us, all around us. Uh, we look at the, the stats uh, that you'll see on the board here. Uh, what we've done, and we've taken the stats of North American Mission Board they've given us, and uh, the survey that they give us has four options. And the question is that they give is, do you attend church regularly? And for the sake of these stats, unless the person was 100% sure that they're churched, we identified them as unchurched, okay? So first of all, if you look, um, within five minutes of our church, of our address, there's 4,161 people who would say that they're unchurched. Uh, within a 10-minute drive of our church, uh, there's over 16,000 people who would identify as being unchurched in our area. And then within a 15-minute drive of our church, there's nearly almost 34,000 people that would identify themselves as being unchurched. And this is from the North American Mission Board. So here's some goals that we want to have for 2023. Uh, the first goal is to pray. Now, prayer is obviously important. If you know about prayer and have a prayer life that you know, even if you know history when it comes to great revivals, it always starts with prayer. And so quarterly, on Sunday nights, we'll have a prayer emphasis for the unchurched. We'll focus on the lost around us. We'll focus on creating new groups, life groups. We'll, we'll focus on courage to share the gospel in our own life. Courage to invite people to our group, those type of things. A second goal that we'll have is training our leaders in three different roles. And I'm talking about life group leaders and leaders within the life group. Care, tra to train care group leaders to, uh, to guide their group in caring. We'll also... Uh, train outreach leaders to, to train and to guide their group in keeping their group reaching out. And then obviously the teacher, uh, training teachers throughout the year of 2023 to lead their group in study. The third goal is to do two outreach approaches. The first one would be, uh, in September, would be the Back to School Bowl. And the strategy here is life groups will strategize to reach as many people as possible. That goes back to our statistics when it comes to North American Mission Board. Also, in October, we'll have block parties. These, these block parties will be organized with life groups intended and for people to come to those block parties and for, for people to be invited to life groups here to church. Again, going back to the statistics when it comes to North American Mission Board. But we're not going to wait until next week or next month. With a few seconds I have left, we're going to do this. We're going to start the process tonight. I'd like for you to take this week and think about people in your own life that are lost. Those may be people in your family. Those may be people, may be people down the street. Uh, but somewhere in your circle, you probably know lost people that we can pray for tonight. Have a good night. Thank you so much for listening. Let's pray for those lost people right now. Father, we pray, Father, for people in our life that are lost. We pray for their salvation. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to add pray to my goals too. Many just totally out-spiritualized me here with my goals. 
Sorry, Jay. Man, I wasn't, he did good. That was good. Hey, uh, Recreation Young Adults, I want to jump right into it. I get seven minutes. These guys have gone over, so I'm going to go over a little bit too, all right? And I'm going to steal one of my minutes to say this. I love my job. I love what I get to do. I am blessed. I am in the 1% of people who get to do what they love, and that is a unique thing, and I'm one of them, man. I, and I, for what part you play in that, thank you for allowing me to do it. I give the glory to the Lord, but I love what I get to do, and I am passionate about it. I want to share with you some of the responsibilities that I get to do. It's a great job, like I said, uh, recreation and young adults. Recreation, we take care of adult sports, golf, volleyball, basketball, volleyball. We got about 30 to 40 adult men and some women involved in our golf outings, six a year. We have a great time with that. Volleyball Tuesday nights. We got some young adults playing on Tuesday nights. Men's basketball on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. Volleyball weekly. There's about 70 to 85 adults involved in our adult sports program, and we want to increase that. We want to continue to increase that, giving uh, adults and athletes specifically the opportunity to connect with other Christian athletes through adult sports. Uh, we also do events. Uh, the big two are Pumpkin Patch and Sports Camp. Uh, Pumpkin Patch had over 3,000 folks involved last year. It was a great event. Many of you were involved. Many of you came. We had a blast, and we want to continue using that and leveraging that event to connect with our community, to let our community know that we do it for them because we love them, we care for them, and we want them to show up and get a $1 pumpkin and have a great time at our property. Sports camp last year, we had 268 kids involved in our sports camp, which was phenomenal. Multiple kids came to salvation. Over 70 adults volunteered to make that possible. It's the Recreation Ministries version of Vacation Bible School, and we have a blast. Six different sports, basketball, football, soccer, archery, cheerleading, and volleyball. And yes, we do consider cheerleading a sport, all right, for all you ladies out there. But it's a great it's a great event. It also includes facility management and fitness, creating and managing opportunities to use the facilities, team practices, open gyms, weight room and cardio room. The big part of what we do at recreation is our upward sports. And those are some numbers. Uh, you can go back one. Back one up there. You go. Those are our numbers from the last year. When basketball, we had 420 kids involved. Cheerleading, 83. Football, 96. Soccer, 212. Volleyball, 101 kids. Uh, over 900 registrations among across all five sports. Some of which are duplications. Uh, that is to be acknowledged. But that's 900 opportunities to share the gospel with kids and families uh, across our community. Upward is reaching our community. I used to say it's a community, um, it's a ministry for the community, but what I'm also saying now, it's a ministry of our community because many of our coaches and volunteers are not just particip are not just bringing their kids, but they're serving, they're coaching, they're involved. Our church is facilitating ministry, not just to our community, but with our community. We're in cooperation with many folks in our community. If you want to share some of these statistics, these will blow you away. 85% of those 900 registered do not attend Lone Oak First Baptist Church. 85%. Here's an even more important one. 36% of them did not list church involvement. That's 324 kids. That's the kids plus their families that are showing up at our campus twice a week for practices and games. It is the lowest hanging fruit that I know of that we can connect and share the gospel with folks who are not, who don't go to church, who aren't in Sunday school, kids who are not hearing the gospel on a regular basis. And we have got to maximize the potential that that has for us, including uh, recreation. I also oversee uh, young adults. Young adults includes uh, life groups, um, 
equip classes, fellowships, mission trips, and our summer family fun nights. Uh, just a quick glance at life groups. We, had over, we have over 100 young adults involved in our life groups over about four different classes. Jamie teaches one, I teach one, Kyle Jett teaches one, and Matt Sublett teaches one. And we have over 100 young adults involved in those four classes. It's, it's great. We also do equip classes. You guys well know about those. Joe, Jamie, John, and I are, are uh, collaborating on one this semester on a parenting uh, class. We do fellowships, summer, uh, summer things for young adults, dinners on Sunday nights, mission trips. We've been to Chicago, Arizona, hope to have more in 2023. And then one that I'm really excited about, we did for the first time last year, was our summer family fun nights. This was a really important thing that we did that kept families connected to our church and to the ministry, the children's ministry, throughout the summer. Summer, as you know, man, it is busy for families, and they have a tendency to just kind of fall off the cliff, and we just don't see them. And then it takes them a good two or three months in the fall to start back in the routine of getting connected with us. We didn't see that lag this year, and I think it's largely involved in, because of the summer family fun nights where we had simple things like a skate night, a movie night, you know, a water night. This year we want to add a pool night out at Noble Park, and it just keeps families connected to our church so that when August comes around, hey, they know Max Kids is kicking off, and we want to be involved. We've had a blast all summer, and it was uh, super successful. Over 200 families involved last year, and that's large in part to John's efforts uh, as I worked with him on that. John and I have become close friends as we work together in the Upward and Young Adults ministry. Um, some of the goals I have, I'm going to keep going. I, still, I only got a minute 20 left. Goodness. Um, goals. We got six. I'll make them quick. Become the area leader for youth sports in Paducah. Uh, we want to be the premier place that families want to sign their kids up to play sports. And maybe you're thinking, that's a crazy goal. Well, that's our goal. That's what we want. And we're already seeing a little bit of that in basketball. We had 420 kids signed up this year. We got 62 on a waiting list that want to sign up. Registration ended uh, into December. We were full by Thanksgiving. We hate that there's 62 kids that aren't involved because they're on a waiting list, but we want to see that same excitement, that same energy, and that same level of uh, connection to all, in all of our sports, in football, volleyball, soccer, and cheerleading. And I think we can do it. Um, we, we want to do that by improving technology and equipment within each sports and facility. We have, I mean, you guys... I grew up in a small little church, I mean, like 60 people there. I think there's only like 20 people going now. Man, if you'd have told me I'd be serving at a church or you can play three basketball games at the same time while families are walking on the walking track, doing uh, weights in the weight room and running on a treadmill at the same I wouldn't have believed you. But that's what we have here. Along with, I mean, we have four soccer games going on at the same time out of our sports facilities. We have incredible facilities. Uh, we are blessed. We are blessed. Don't forget it. But we can improve those things with technology, audio-visual things that are really going to create more excitement and energy in those sporting events that families are beating down our door to be a part of it. If you want to see what I'm talking about, come to, come to basketball this season. You'll see it. You're going to see us utilizing our AV equipment uh, to really connect families, to connect kids. And then we, what we do, we do it to get them there, and then we leverage it to share the gospel, to communicate the most important message which is the message of Jesus Christ. One of the things we also want to do to help with our adult sports programs is we create, uh, we're working on this. You should have one of these in your hand very soon. This is a comprehensive sports and fitness guide. Uh, one of the biggest challenges of a church our size with so many things going on 
is getting the word out, the communication. You know, how do I get involved? Where can I get involved? I, ha I love these things. Where can I do that at your church? What probably happens is just a matter of finding out. So we want to create a guide that we can pass out every year that says, hey, here's how you can get involved in recreation and sports ministry at Lone Oak First Baptist Church. You should have that in your hands uh, very soon. Continuing on, three more. I'm, I know I'm over time, but I'm going to keep going anyway. We want to leverage upward relationships for greater connection to young adult ministries, events, and volunteer opportunities. This is where the, the magic has been in this position that, I've get, that I get to do. All those families that are coming to Upward, I've been able to connect with them and point them to what's going on here at our church. Connect them to life groups, connect them to Max Kids, connect them to different events that were taking place, and we want to continue to do that. We want to increase number of significant decisions among participants, baptisms, salvations. One of the un unexpected consequences of this new job that I got, I've only been doing this a couple years, uh, I'm baptizing kids. Man, isn't that awesome? I mean... I would have, you'd have told me that I was going to get to baptize kids doing this job. I wouldn't have believed it. But, man, it seems like I'm regularly getting asked to baptize a kid. And, man, it just, uh, man, it's a joy. It's a joy to get to do that. And then lastly, we want to, I want you to think big picture here and consider looking at building permanent structures on an outdoor sports complex. I think we have facilities and we have space to do something special out at, that, out at those soccer fields that could really serve our community. We could create something that does not exist in Lone Oak that would serve families to play basketball, pickleball, have outdoor uh, pavilions, walking tracks, green space, uh, a playground for kids to play on while their, kids, while their brothers playing soccer and flag football, and just create something up there, that closer parking, restrooms, concession stand, that's possible, and it doesn't exist. And we could be the place, the property, that people come to spend their time here at our church when we maximize the potential that we have through our facility. So appreciate the time. Thank you for letting me do what I do, and thanks for letting me go over. Wow. We had two families just in the last couple of weeks from Upward that came that have participated and been excited to be here. But let me tell you guys real quick, the part of our mission statement that says pass the torch is really wonderful because it implies we have to be intentional. We have to be direct. We have to be specific if we want to pass all our knowledge about Jesus and about our church to the upcoming generation. So we have to have a vision. We have to have goals. And our goal simply is we are doing very well what we're doing, but we want to see our church grow. We want to see the children families ministry grow. So we set a goal to have 5 to 8% growth in all areas of our children's ministry, not over one year, but over a period of five years. So we just have this continuity of growth. And 5% to 8% is really good because some churches grow too fast and they can't sustain, you know, uh, the growth and all that. So we're looking at a healthy growth. But you're going, oh, my goodness, John, that's great. But how do we get there? First of all, we've got to have a clear vision with a direction and specific uh, drivers. And real quick, you guys, number one part of our vision, number one component is to connect children to Jesus, to help kids understand what Jesus did through the cross and the resurrection. The second one is for our volunteers, for everybody that works at church, to personally invest in the lives of the kids. There's no more showing up doing a dog and pony show. You've got to personally invest in the lives of kids. You have to see yourself as a shepherd, and you've got a little flock that you have been given to nurture spiritually. The other one is we've got to teach the Bible in a way that's relevant to children and their lives. Kids ask the question, so what? 
we got to be able to answer that and how it works in their life. we got to think about experiential learning. Experiential learning is very cool because the electronic generation is re rewiring how kids learn, how they process information. It's an experience, okay? The lecture format is not as effective as it used to be. I'll give you a good example. Uh, there was a lesson the other day was 1 Peter 2.17, show proper respect to everybody. So what we did was, in one of our classes, we had the children shake hands with each other and look at each other right in the eye and give a firm handshake and say, hello, my name is John. It's nice to meet you. This is one of the ways you can show respect. So we practiced in our classroom and we got out. And some of you guys probably say, we were walking around the church during the, the life group hour and we'd say, Kevin, I'd like you to meet Johnny. And Johnny would have the opportunity to do. That's experiential learning. We're teaching our volunteers to make it experiential because we are, uh, guess what? We are products of all the experiences, are we not? If we can help them experience scripture and the Bible, guess what? It becomes intrinsic. It becomes a part of them. So that's part of our vision. And also, too, we are partnering to equip parents. But, John, you ask how we're going to get there. It's real simple. We get the right people uh, on the bus and then put in the right seats by virtue of their gifts. All right. And we've seen this happen. I'll give you a good example. We were playing at Max Kids the other night. Patrick and I were playing. And we played a game with whipped cream. Uh, and red, you ever played red light, green light? You ever played red light, green light? Well, we gave all the kids a plate of whipped cream. And they had their plate, and if they turned around, the red light, green light caught them. They had to take the plate and put it in their face because we were teaching them to be accountable for their own actions. They had to take responsibility. But they made it down to the end. They got to put it in the adult's face, which was very cool. Now, Patrick and I were there, and it's usually the big deal. Let's get Mr. John. Let's get Mr. John. Or let's get Mr. Patrick. Let's get him, you know. And we got hit maybe five or six times. <laughs> but... They went after other adults. They went after their small group leaders, their record, because they had a connection. They had a relation. And this is so good, you guys, because our volunteers are pouring into the lives of the kids, and the kids are making connections. And once you have a relationship, once you're invested, guess what? You earn the right to influence. So that's part of our vision. So we're getting the right people on the bus and get them in the right seats. Um, and as we grow, we need the right people. Uh, but we're going to train our volunteers. We have trainings a couple times a year. We're going to teach them how to do that. We're going to feed them with resources. We're going to teach them how to teach experientially. Uh, we also, uh, here's the big one, number four, is we've got to equip our parents to be spiritual leaders in the home. We have new Christians class for our children where the parents come and uh, we give them a little devotion book, and they take the devotion book, and we ask the parents, will you start this tonight? Because we've discovered, Lifeway did a, a research project, and they said eight out of ten parents know they are supposed to nurture their kids spiritually, but only about three out of ten are doing anything. So we had our parenting class. This was real cool. And one of the parenting classes that we were doing, we talked about reality discipline. We talked about holding your kids accountable. But we also talked about quality time. And one of the homework assignments was the dad, we said, you were supposed to go home and play with your kids for 30 minutes every night. So he went home and he played with his kids. He came back and he said, I'm going to do exactly what you said, John. And I always get nervous when they, when they say exactly what you said. He went home and he played with his daughter. And he came back to the class and he said, oh, my goodness, you guys. He said, I almost missed it and I said miss what and he goes my daughter has a little personality and she says all these things and she thinks things are funny that I had never even considered being funny and he goes oh my goodness I almost missed it I almost missed it he said I was taught I was the leader of the family I was a breadwinner stuff he said nobody ever told me I was supposed to play with my children and he started playing with his children and they started doing a little devotions after that and wow all of a sudden 
the church is equipping, you know, the parents to be spiritual leaders. So that's part of our goal. You'll see that. Uh, I've got, I wish I had more time. I've got tons of stories to tell you. Our last goal is to just make sure we're visitor-friendly and we're ready for visitors and gifts. But you guys, uh, it's an amazing part of this church, and it's a huge blessing to be a part of it. So we thank you for all you do. i got to stop. All right, there you go, Joe. All right. Well, uh, let me go ahead and just give you some, uh, just kind of the state of where student ministry is at. Uh, our quantifiable results, these are things that we see uh, currently and kind of the goals. Uh, right now on Sunday mornings, if you were to stop off in the, uh, or drop by in the uh, youth lounge on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock, there's roughly around 60 to 70 students. We all start in there, and then we split up to go into groups. Um, this morning, I took a picture and posted on our Instagram page. Uh, the youth lounge is, is full. Uh, we have a few more seats. It's getting squished, and that's a good problem to have because they're not staying there for very long. But one of those goals is to fill the room up consistently to give us a need to move out of that space or do something differently. Uh, Wednesday nights, uh, we meet in the NPR. We start off in there. We're averaging around 90 to 100 students on a Wednesday night. I'd love to see that grow to averaging around 110, crossing over that 100 consistently every Wednesday night having students in there. Uh, the NPR, we have plenty of room to grow in that room as well. So baptism goal, we'd love to baptize at least 10 students uh, every year. The qualifiable results, these are things that we can't count. But what are we, what's the goals of the student ministry? What, what are the things that we can't count but we can see? Well, I think of pie. Of course I do, right? Pie. It looks like I enjoy a nice slice of pie. Uh, but it's an acronym. Uh, pie, we want to see passion, investment, and excitement. We want to see students develop a passion for Jesus, a passion for his word and the church. Uh, one of the ways that I see that's happening is about a year and a half ago, I bought some of these sermon notebook journals. I said, hey, it's, we, we want to encourage taking notes during Brother Dan's sermon and, and on Wednesday nights when I'm preaching as well. So I bought some of these. They were kind of expensive, but I said, this is something worth investing in. I've got students coming back. Hey, Joe, when are we getting more of those journals? I filled up mine. I said, are you serious? And, it's, and there's 52 weeks. There's about over 100 pages in here. So it's, it's about, yeah, that math adds up. I said, all right, I'm ordering more. It's funny you say that. I was actually going to order some more. So seeing that happening, hey, we do, our students are passionate about God's word. It's one of the reasons why I'm committed to expository preaching with our students on Wednesday nights as well. We want to see adults purposely investing and discipling our students. We see that by this, the adults who are coming. We have monthly training meetings with them, and we always need more adults who want to invest in the kingdom of God with students. Uh, we want to see the student ministry whole excited about life change and spiritual growth. I've been told what you celebrate is what you get. So if we celebrate high attendance and a lot of students, a lot of fun, well, that's probably all we're going to get. But that's not enough. We need more than that. So we need students who are excited about seeing their friends come to know Jesus, excited about people cross over from death to life, excited about life change. And so it's telling those stories, celebrating those stories, I think we'll get this. We're going to focus on pie. Have a nice slice of pie. Um, next slide. Why? Why do any of this? Well, there's some research. I don't have time to read every single thing, but I want to read just a couple of things. Some research that has been done from Lifeway. 66% of students who were active in their church during their high school years were not active in their church during their college years. And of the 66% who essentially left the church during their college years, 71% of them did not plan on taking a break. 
And the last line there, of those who say three or more adults invested in them, 58% dropped out of high school. There is a huge drop-off for students who come to church, children's ministry through student ministry, and then get to college, and there's a big drop-off. Why is that happening, and why are we okay with that happening? Next slide, we've got to reach the loss. There are uh, about 54 million uh, lost students in this generation uh, Z. And we have lost students who don't know the Lord, and we have lost students within our own church. And I call it lost in church and lost in unchurched. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Lord, didn't we do all these great things in your name? And Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. So we have people who come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and don't truly know the Lord. Uh, but we have a command to reach the lost. So the next slide, uh, lost in church. Uh, Dean and Sarah talks about cultural Christianity, which means, hey, there's people who come every Sunday, every Wednesday, but don't truly know Jesus. We, we got to change that. 18 years we get, preschool through high school, and we see the numbers dropping off. It's not enough. It's not okay to see that big of a drop off. So we got to do things different. We got to think differently. We got to have a strategy, have a strategic plan. Part of what we're doing tonight and why you see that, I think, will go a long way. So lost and unchurched is a plan there for that. Uh, I have a, a simple strategy. We're going to have on the campus, we want our students to think of friends. Maybe they're not even a friend yet, someone that they know of who doesn't go to church. Now, if they don't go to church, it's a good possibility. It's a good chance they don't know Jesus. So we want to get them on the campus. So we have a few events, one of which is coming up this month. It's our snow day. We call it Lone Oak Slopes. It happens one day a year where the only place in Kentucky where you can go snow tubing is right here. And so uh, we make it snow out on the rec fields with real snow tubes. And we, we tell our students, hey, think of a friend. Get them on the campus. And then in February, we're going to have a, a Super Bowl party. I don't know if I'm allowed to say Super Bowl. A big game party. Yeah, big game party. Yeah, there we go. And um, we want to get them in the building. Many of us, we can't imagine stepping foot in church for the first time. Many of us here tonight, we've just grown up in church our whole life. But the reality is we have students here in McCracken County who have never been to church before. We already heard the data earlier. So we want our students to think about that. Get them on the campus, get them in the building, and then get them in a group. And it's my, my goal. I would love for those friends, for every single one of those students to get to go to our Disciple Now event for free. Now, that takes a lot of money to get them there. It's about $120 per student. And so uh, gladly taking love offerings and donations to help make that possible. But I think that'll be a huge goal for us to set. Uh, the other thing that we need to do, we need to connect students to the church family. Some ways that we do that, we have our Secret Sister program that Miss Michelle Vick leads up. Uh, we have a new uh, Started Prayer Brothers program that is taking off uh, where we're connecting some of our deacons with some of our high school guys. We have Senior Sunday Suppers. We have people investing in our seniors and family groups. And then uh, lastly, we want to have, we want to make sure that our whole church is involved in praying for students across all of our events like Disciple Now Camp and Mission Trips. Three of our, our biggest disciple-making events are Disciple Now, which takes place this spring in March, our Centrifuge Camp, and then a, a new event that we created was Student Leadership Experience, uh, something we do in the fall time. We have spring, summer, fall, something new we did this past fall that I've never done before. But we had an event in the fall time that just wasn't working. We didn't have really good success. I said, why keep doing it if it's not working? So thought outside the box. And uh, this was an event for students to see how God has shaped, equipped, and called them to lead. Now, God has given all of us unique gifts, talents, and abilities. And he wants to use you right now and later in life as well. So thank you so much for, for praying and uh, for investing in the kingdom of God through our student ministry.
Hey, where'd you say that pie was? <laughs> That's all I heard. You had me at pie. <laughs> Youth Lounge. Yeah, they always have snacks there for some reason. Amen. You know, I'm so thankful to serve on staff at Lone Oak First Baptist Church and as Minister of Global Outreach and, and 55 Plus. So those are two of my passions, and I'm so thankful. As Patrick said, one of the 1%, brother. And I'm blessed to serve with our Great Commission pastor, Dr. Dan Summerlin, and this wonderful staff, uh, valuable volunteers, servant leaders, and a loving, growing church family. We all seek to exalt Christ, make disciples, pass the torch, multiplying ourselves, all of us, to the ends of the earth. Last week, I shared our global strategic plan, outreach strategic plan with our 2023 a mission and prayer guide and you can pick that up it's for all ages and you can see how you can be involved to reach this world locally uh, and around the world you know somebody introduced me one time as the minister of grandparents <laughs> and I said that's all right that's correct and I'm thankful for the Christian life influence of, of my own grandparents as well as spiritual grandparents in churches I've been a part of, and especially right here at Lone Oak. They've helped guide our, our service, our ministry today. Think about my grandparents who took us to vacation Bible school at their church when we'd visit them in the summer. In fact, every time I come in the A-wing, it smells just like my grandparents' church. When my grandmother died at the end of my junior year of college, I spent the summer with my grandfather. He got me a job baling hay at a nickel a bale. And he told me about his Christian faith experiences and his love for God's word. During high school, our grandmother lived with us for a few months as we cared for her. And she enjoyed life even though she had challenges. I sat by my grandmother's bedside in the nursing home as she left this world for heaven, she sometimes took care of us during the summer. She lived to be a hundred. I'm so thankful for the testimony of God's of spiritual grandparents who helped guide me walk with Christ. One couple taught the young married Sunday school class years ago. And all of those in that class today are church leaders and mentors of next generations. One led multiple mission teams, always inviting others to come along. One made phone call after phone call, a checking on those in need. And one consistently invited me to go visiting with him. So here at Lone Oak, we seek to be faithful in loving God and loving people through our 55 plus ministry as we unite our members and attendees with each other and multiple generations, which we just keep hearing about, and, and ministries and missions as Christ's body. We strive to give them a place to belong, to serve, to give, to teach, to learn, to encourage, and continue to grow until God calls us home. Our 55 plus ministry goals seek to meet social and pastoral, interpersonal, spiritual, and physical needs, tweaking as we go to meet current and future needs and get more involved. We seek to meet social needs through monthly lunches, daytime and overnight trips with a purpose, 
and special events like the Valentine Banquet, which we use to encourage our student ministry. Praise the Lord, as Jamie shared a great testimony, praise the Lord, many have accepted Christ, been baptized, joined a life group or our church, and found their place of service. We seek to meet pastoral needs through prayer, through phone calls and emails and cards and hospital visits and funerals and weddings. We enjoy reaching out to those homebound or in nursing homes, letting them know that we love them, that they're not forgotten, and that we need their prayers. We seek to meet spiritual and interpersonal needs through promoting and supporting life groups, small groups, volunteer opportunities through ministry and missions, daytime grow, ladies' visitation, and church leadership visitation. There is no age limit to serving Christ and living out his purposes. We also seek to meet personal needs through use of benevolent funds to help our 55-plus meet everyday needs. Through our 55-plus ministry, we seek to love and honor and encourage our 55-plus to exalt Christ, make disciples, and pass the torch. Amen. God bless you. You know, tonight, and there are many ways you could have heard these various talks. And as I was listening, just three things came to me real quickly. Number one, there is potential in this community for, to grow. You heard the, the statistics in 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 15 minutes. You heard the people coming here to Upward. We have lost people everywhere. And that's one of the reasons we talk about you know, the, you know, the children's building, because if the potential is out there to grow, we can grow. The second thing I, I noticed as they were talking how Christ-centered everything is. Every minister talked about Christ-centeredness, how this revolves, uh, revolves around Christ. We don't do anything. There's no strategy in this church that does not involve reaching people for Christ in some ways. Even if we're doing something for fellowship, that is to build fellowship in order to tell them about Christ. And I hope you heard that tonight. Third thing I heard is there's so much goes behind the curtain. You know, a lot of, I know a lot of people, they think, you know, things just happen. This is a small picture of the planning that goes behind every year, the planning that goes behind events, every minister, the passion they have. You know, it just doesn't happen. And so we are so grateful and, and blessed to have these ministers. In the book of Acts, there's a great story of Paul wanting to go to a certain place, and God said no. And then he wanted to go to another place, and God said no. And then he wanted to go to another place, and God said no. And, and then Acts chapter 16, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And then verse 10, When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia. When they had the vision, it's time to move. And we're looking forward to 2023, how God is going to work in this church and through you as we reach this community. But we cannot leave here tonight without seeing if there's someone here tonight who needs to give their life to Christ. We cannot make the assumption that everyone here tonight is saved. We cannot make the assumption that everyone online is saved. If you need to give your life to Christ tonight, we encourage you to do so. 
Those online, if you would text the word today at 270-398-5005, and the minister will give you a call. If you want to give your life to Christ today, if you're here tonight as we begin singing, I'll be at the front, just come to the front and say, I need to give my life to Christ. I do not want to be one of those lost people that's coming to church and missing out. Would you stand as we pray? Our Father in heaven, speak to us. Father, my prayer, if there's anyone here tonight or watching online without you, Father, tonight's the night that they'll come to you admitting they're sinners, confessing that they believe that Jesus died for them and rose on the third day. Father, we thank you for the potential of this church. Father, we thank you for what's going to take place in 2023. Incredible things are going to happen here, Father, because of you. And we ask you let us be sensitive to your leadership. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. Father, as we leave this place, entering into our mission field, Father, I pray you help all of us realize that we have a role in leading people to Christ, telling them about Christ, inviting them to church, being your ambassadors, Father, being your minister. And so, Father, I pray you help us take it seriously. Father, be with each person tonight. Father, may you protect them as they travel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good night.